Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So, 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 so. Well, hello there, everybody. My name is Alex. And I'm Nick. You're listening to The Thread, presented by Ronnie Scott and Hennessy. On SohoRadioLondon.com. And we are joined by one of our favourite musicians in the UK. Um, and we don't say that lightly. We're huge fans of this young gentleman, Mr. Oscar Jerome. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you for your time, man. Um, how's your day going? How's your summer going? Uh, day's been good. Just uh, did a bit of guitar practice in the morning. Linked up with a friend to talk about some visuals. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go see Goldie later. I'm mm. hoping I can actually fit in between now and then going to an amateur wrestling match as well Wow! in Sydney. But I don't know if it's going to be a bit far. I might be a bit... Don't know Sydney. Yeah, it's kind of far. It's, it's proper southeast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think if you believe you can. Yeah. We probably be... know the amateur wrestlers, don't we? There can't be that many re- amateur wrestling circuits. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the handicap, Ronnie Scott. That is a fun night out. We, yeah. we, I, I'd try and do it if I were you. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I I'm going to try. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the year's going very well, thank you. Yeah, I've been very busy, lots of touring. Um, currently working on an album. We've been like, yeah, working on a lot of music recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's get into that because there's, there's two, we know you've uh, twofold from your your own uh, career um, where you're releasing music and headlining around town and around around the world, and then also in Kokoroko. So where should we start? Actually, maybe we could start with Kokoroko because I know you've been really busy touring with them. What? How did that come about? Um, just. Friends, really, like, uh, I was at uni with, with um, Cassie and Sheila, mm. uh, and Matali as well, the bass player, um, and yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it, the band kind of evolved over a course of years, like, with different, different personnel, and then, I would say recently, especially in the, like, in the last year, it's kind of really picked up, and we've got, like, a definite lineup of people that always do the gigs, yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just, just, I suppose it's just London, really. That's how it came about. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the great live acts. If anyone's listening to this and you haven't seen, do yourself a favour, get down to one of the one of their gigs. It's just a vibe. Should we, should we just play a track real quick? Should we do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also the standout track I thought from the We Out Here uh, Brownswood compilation. And um, yeah, Oscar, we were talking about um, getting into different headspaces. Does, does, does that help you as a musician to uh, keep it varied? Playing with Kokoroko, which is very much Afrobeat and West African influenced jazz compared to your, your solo stuff, which for the main isn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I love I love being able to you know play lots of different types of music and yeah. also changing the role of like being a band leader. I love it and I love to be able to completely express and realize my own ideas and maybe things on subjects that are very personal to me. But then also kind of being part of a, of an equal thing that is a bigger thing in some ways is like it's quite freeing because I can. I can kind of express myself with the equal support of yeah. everyone else yeah. rather than having to kind of like drive mm. the ship, if you mm. know what I mean. Mm. So that's, that's quite, it's quite nice. And so. so it's quite an equal in Kokoroko. It's quite equal. Like you, you were talking about with that, the song that we've just heard you coming up with a riff and then the rest of the band, uh, creating something around that. So it's not just one leader of that band. Yeah. I mean, I would say she, she is the, the leader of the, is like the band leader and, uh, right. Oname, the percussionist is also, very involved with like organizing stuff and running stuff um but in terms of like creating the music and stuff it's a very equal thing like yeah. that tune yeah like i kind of came up with idea for a tune and then we brought we brought it to the studio and yeah. everyone made an arrangement of it yeah um and it often often happens like that like someone will yeah. just come will bring in bring in an idea and then we'll kind of work on it from there um or sometimes it will just be like just yeah kind of completely equal thing but yeah Mm. That track has had about 30 million YouTube hits. Has anyone in the band got a theory as to how that or why that blew up? <laughs> uh, I, to be honest, I have no idea. And have you seen any money from it? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Probably not as much as I should have, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it, I don't know. I think a lot of people just say it's quite like makes them feel very nostalgic. Like, it kind of like hits them somewhere yeah. emotionally. Yeah, um, I get that. And or takes them to a place that they've been or something mm. or remembering something, which I suppose, too. yeah. I was I was wanted to ask you something at the, at the top of the show. You, you know, Nick's like, "How you doing? What you, what were you up to today?" And you kind of started with like, "Well, I did my guitar practice," and then, you know, <laughs> it was like the first thing you said. And I want—I mean, obviously, when you're playing in a lot of different bands and you're, and you're touring, and obviously there's a certain element of practice that you need to do just to be ready and stuff but i was wondering if there's like some if there's something that you try to carry with you when it comes to working on your instrument like from a mental point of view like i'm sure you're not just like all right i gotta go learn this tune now because i gotta play it is there something you try to kind of carry with you um uh, yeah i mean i think for for me like well i studied jazz at at um at uni like for four years and at that point it was a very um kind of a concentrated time of practice and kind of trying to master my instrument and uh, like working on technique and harmony and stuff like that and I think from doing that there was a point when I was practicing like four or five hours a day and like now I don't I don't have time to do that really anymore like there's uh, and because I'm I'm trying to write a lot more now I'm probably at a different stage now where I'm really trying to just uh, make a lot of music and there is more pressure for me to 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 make songs now as well mm. Um, but I think it's for something like that ability of still having, like still having that ability and dexterity on my instrument is something that I, is something very key to my, even my mental health, I would say in a way, mm. like I feel a lot less anxious when I've practiced and there's been points when the practice has, uh, has, um, kind of lessened and I've realized that my, my general mood my yeah. general, is 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 not as good and mm -hmm. yeah it's something that i find is quite integral to just like me being happy really yeah um 
the uh sorry i, I lost myself there <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the um so the the tour I've, i went on your site the tour that's coming up is this your first like big international tour as you or as you as an artist or have you done others um i've done uh i mean i did a uk tour before and i've done no no actually i did it last um when was it last september and october i did a tour with some european dates and uk dates it was a lot smaller than this one um i've also done a us tour uh last uh november as well how long um, how long yeah. that was just for a week and then i well i was in the us for like three weeks but the actual tour was only about a week um but that's probably yeah it's, it's definitely the the biggest one i've done as myself and the, the most kind of intense one i will have done um yeah because we're going to do that and then pretty soon afterwards we're going to be going straight to australia as well for some shows so it's going to be oh, it's going to be full on it's wow. October and November. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> nice. And what kind of venues are you playing? Because obviously your your solo stuff draws on a huge array of styles, from you know soul, jazz, funk, blues, uh, you know, uh, African influences. So what kind of venues are you getting booked at, and what venues do you like to play? Uh, I prefer to play in like kind of some more like club kind of mm -hmm. environment where people kind of be able to like dance and like i just feel like I get more of a vibe yeah. from the people yeah. in that sort of situation rather than say like a concert hall or something like that yes. but there's a diff there's a different kind of there's pros and cons of both i think because when you when you're in a situation where it's like very quiet and people are just listening and you can really get into kind of improvising and yeah. com communicating that's all that's got a value of its own but for the for this music i, I really i like to be able to kind of yeah get a vibe with the audience and people to like be giving something back so that is generally more kind of like club venues like it depends on the place like as in the size like london is obviously is my most popular place at the moment so i'm playing at heaven yeah so that's over, probably over a thousand Big. people yeah it's like yeah um but then i don't know in some places like Madrid, I'm going to be doing much more than a couple hundred or something. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. And you played with a few dates with Kamasi, right? Mm. On, on the same bill, little sort of mini tour? Yeah, yeah, I did. How was that? <laughs> did you get to hang with them? Yeah, yeah, we got to hang yeah. out with them. Yeah, the whole band, of they're lovely people. Like, it was it was a real, really good experience, actually. Um, I went, yeah, we, we just went around the UK with them. Those guys tour like crazy. Like, I, yeah. I don't know how, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. how they do that. I was exhausted after one week. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, they were super. They were super positive about we were what we were doing, and uh, yeah, they were just. It was it was a really good experience. It was great, great to see. Probably the big thing I learned most, for, like the best thing I learned from that, apart from seeing them play like every night, and they're all incredible musicians, was also um, Rick Kamasi's dad, who plays yes. saxophone with him. Mm. He was just kind of giving us tips about how he kind of he's stayed so healthy still on the touring life because yeah. you know i've uh, been touring a lot recently important. and i've hurt like my back has been quite quite bad actually just mm. from carrying equipment all the time and just not really looking after Playing myself stages and yeah carrying stuff around and it's quite full-on yeah. it's like a physical it's a physical job but yeah. i'm not necessarily like, i'm not I, I wasn't kind of working out and stuff and like but I'm, I'm trying to exercise a lot more and he was saying he's like you know you've got to look after your body he is like he does an hour of weights every night after wow. after well, he has those kind of like bungee things but then when he's yeah. in when he's home he's doing like actually little weights probably mm. for longer 
but yeah he's saying that he does that like every day and he's really looking out for his health and i was thinking because i was thinking like how is he still doing this like yeah. he's but and he's so fit like so that's so the key yeah. do do weights on tour <laughs> yeah just, fitness, eh? yeah just keep <laughs> it's a real thing <laughs> So no late nights and drinking. I well, mean, no, there's a lot of that. Well, what if you work in the jazz club? The I was thinking touring with Kamasi and, and doing these tours and that, and you've playing in different bands. Is there any collaborations that you're really looking forward to happening? Um, or if, or, if you or don't dream even, collabs, even yeah, I mean, you don't have to yeah. say what's I mean, in there's the some books, things but, in the works, but I probably can't. Uh, right, probably can't talk. What are some about things that, that you would love? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can come next episode. You can talk about that yeah. after we play the music. That, but what, <laughs> what, what would you like to do? Give us the initials. Of uh, who would I? Fun. What? What? Yeah. Some people that I would love to collaborate yeah, yeah. with. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Um, I would love to work with Flying Lotus. Actually, most of the people that I would really like to work with are probably producers. Because I feel like I have very strong ideas about what I what I want to do musically, and often I find it. Although I do love working with some other vocalists, and there's some other vocalists that I'm very close to and respect what they do and want to learn from them. Um, often I find because the stuff I write is quite personal to me, um, or quite specific, and sometimes mm-hmm. weirdly complicated in a kind of in a way that doesn't make sense you to some people. Other, other it's quite difficult to do that with other people. But yeah. I, I would love to. I would love to work with Flying Lotus. I'd also love to work with some kind of legendary, you know, jazz musicians like Herbie Hancock or you know, Sonny Rollins. If he'd start go back on, think, he'd go back. Herbie, on. Herbie if you're listening. Though. And the thing about Herbie is he probably would. He's constantly doing stuff with younger musicians, and he's yeah. he's always he's really vocal that, about he's that. He's a guy that well. prides himself. I mean, mm. he wrote something very recently uh, where he was bigging up the likes of Robert Glasper and Taylor McFerrin and saying, mm. you know, this keeps me young. Mm. You know, mm. as and for him as a reputation as yeah. a pioneer that's always looking forward rather yeah. than trying to stay should we play uh, let's play some music note, yeah. yeah yeah I've heard um, Oscar I mean you've sent us a litany of incredible tracks here but maybe we could <laughs> yeah. start with the John Martin one because I've heard you talk before on John Martin do you want to say why you've chosen this track or this artist um, this track uh, well I'll start with the artist uh, John Martin has been a massive influence to me since I was very young, especially as a songwriter, something that I, someone that I've always just f- I felt like a real, real deep connection to his music. Um, probably, uh, maybe some people would be surprised by that because it's very, very folky, but it's very soulful as well. And but that's a it's another side of what I do. And I've I actually have written quite a lot of more folky music, but I've kind of struggled to work out how to kind of make it work with the other yeah. stuff that I do. Kind of keeping like a, a kind of ongoing theme of my music and such. Um, but this track is, uh, my brother actually showed me this track and my brother's getting married next week and he's asked me to play this yeah. tune or play an instrumental version of this tune as he's walking down the aisle, which, oh, is, which is... No pressure. Real, <laughs> quite a lot of pressure, yeah. Um, I'm, quite, I'm quite nervous about that, but I've just been practicing it. I was actually practicing it this morning. Um, and this this track also, it it references an old Scottish folk tune, which is um, called Mari's Wedding. Um, and I just love that how he so cleverly mixes his own his own thing and then like with some kind of old folk tune. And if and I'd never noticed that before when my brother told me uh, about that. And then I was like, oh, it's so, so clever. But it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just a beautiful tune. And I love how he can, he can rework old folk stuff as well into something very soulful. Thank you. 
there with a trap by Wulu, who Oscar, you know and uh, and rate, shall we say? <laughs> rate very highly, yes. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. We've we've worked on a lot of music together before as well. Um, yeah, he's a great inspiration to me and good, very good friends. But yeah, if you don't know, you better check out his music. Um, that's Nabaya Garcia playing saxophone on that as well. Shouts Nabaya Garcia. I want to I want to ask about. Um, your your entry into jazz obviously you studied at trinity where you took up jazz and then jazz guitar i think uh, i think i read that george benson was a big influence like do you want yeah. to talk a little bit how you got into jazz and maybe your relationship with it these days <laughs> in your music <laughs> yeah i mean for jazz like there was this teacher that came to my school um who was a, a guy called uh God, Josh Daniels <laughs> and his uh, and he is a amazing piano player. He used to play a lot in like he used to play in like casinos in Las Vegas and stuff. Yeah. And like <laughs> he uh, but he was he was teaching and got into education and he came to my school and the, my music teacher was like, oh, you know, you like playing kind of bluesy stuff on the piano and whatever. Like you should go have some lessons with him. Yeah. So I started getting piano lessons with him, and I was terrible at the piano. And he was like, yeah, you kind of suck at the piano. Like, but then he heard me play guitar and I was like, all oh, right, you actually can play. So you should bring your guitar along to the lessons. And like, I had enough understanding of harmony and stuff that he could kind of, he basically taught me lots of jazz theory. And I joined like a youth jazz orchestra um, that he run. And from there, I kind of just got really into it. And then I auditioned for music college. Um, I was born in Norwich. So, and then I moved to London when I was 18. And uh yeah from there I just met loads of the people that i'm working with now lots of the people that were involved uh the that at trinity and also involved in the kind of music scene in south southeast london at that time as well and now i'd say i mean there's always a jazz rooting in terms of maybe the harmony that i use and um so, yeah and yeah, trying to keep an element of improvisation in the music but i I'm always um, slightly um, hesitant to call my music jazz because a, mm -hmm. a lot of people like to call it yeah. that. But I feel sometimes I feel like it can be quite a lazy label to use because yeah. it's equally as influenced by other types of music. And I have an equal love for yeah. so many styles of music that I want to kind of put across in what I'm doing. It's interesting. It's kind of a double-edged sword the way people like... We kind of go around... It's definitely a double-edged sword. We, we kind of go around about... The, we go back and forth about this, you and I, a little bit. Because it... You know, working in a jazz club and dealing with bookings and stuff, you hear, you, you have conversations with people that want to book a show, and they'll be describing the jazz gig, and it actually, it's actually you're talking about like disco, mate. What are we? Yeah, you, yeah. You know, and and since there's been so much popularity with a lot of young musicians now, um, you look at the bill of like a quote unquote jazz festival or on a jazz radio station. You look at our programming for our show. You know, there's probably a lot of quote unquote jazz people that would get a bit annoyed with that. But on the same yeah. token, there's a lot of there's a lot of music that would have not been heard that's now mm. being heard. So yeah, I, I think it's pros and cons, and I'm not against the use of the word. I mean, I love jazz. Like jazz is a huge part of my life, and I'm and also the fact that it's become something that's cool again is great because mm -hmm. I think there was a period, like especially when I was studying, where I feel like people thought it wasn't cool to go to a jazz gig. If it were like, mm. there would be the people that I knew that have been like, if I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to this jazz gig, they'd be like, oh no, nah, I'm all right. Stuffy and now the same people are probably asking me to get on a guest list for some mm. jazz musician's gig now. Right. Because 
it's, What's they've realised that it's hip and they listen to it and they're like, oh, actually, this is really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's great for like for us people that want to play like improvised music and yeah. stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm not complaining. But. And engaging <laughs> a young audience, that's got to be an exciting thing as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking to, there's a ticketing company called Dice who, uh, who told us the other day that it's jazz is their third most popular genre on the platform. Wow. You know, that's cool. That's, that's something, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we hear some more music? Yep. I'm looking. What, what, what's next? What do we got, gentlemen? Well, let's go to. I'd love to hear that Azimuth track or Gil Scott Heron or Zap- oh, Zappa, actually. Yeah, yeah, let's go for Zappa. Let's go for Zappa. Yeah. <laughs> Soho Radio, Ronnie Scott's The Thread, that was Frank Zappa, Oscar's third choice. Does it get any better than a bit of Frank Zappa? Serious question. Best dinner table music in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so we're running out of time. Um, Oscar, we should, before we depart um, and you get to your wrestling gig. Um, I'd love to know who let's, Yeah, let's talk. Uh, where, where can people catch you? You're doing this big summer tour that we've already touched on. Where, where uh, can people catch you? Um, yeah, for those for those that have just have just come in, I'm not actually doing the wrestling myself. I'm going to watch some people do wrestling, but um, <laughs> important. Yeah, no, it's, it's not it's not a summer tour. It's actually it's going to be in October and November. Um, there's going to be a lot of shows around the UK. Uh, to be honest, I could, there's so many dates. I can't yeah. really say all of them, but the yeah. but the specifically, I suppose the London show. Uh, that's on November the 19th great. at Heaven. I'm um, going to have some great people jumping up on that as well. Great support acts as well. Um, there's also, there's some, there's some music on the way as well. I can't, I can't say too much right now, but all will become very clear okay. very soon. So just keep, keep your eyes peeled. peeled for that. Stay on the socials. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, gee, man. The question I was going to ask does it, is not a finisher. It's like a, a back to the beginning thing. So it was, wow. what other, well, I was going to ask because, you were talking about how you found a guitar in the attic and you were, you know, we just listened to a record from another generation. I just wonder what family has had, had to do with getting you into stuff. Um, um yeah, my, I mean, my, my family is super supportive of what I'm doing and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I have a, yeah, I love my family. Like they've really been really so, so key and to like getting me to where I am now. Um, but my, like, like my dad is, um, he's, he's a musician. He's, he's, more amateur musician he's not like um kind of doing it as a job or anything but he's really into music and like he, yeah he loves like he loves frank zappa that, that comes that comes from him really my taste in that and he loves a lot of jazz i stole a lot of his records um but yeah and all like all my siblings have all played instruments growing up my sister was very into hip-hop when i was like uh when i was in my early teens and she kind of got me into that kind of music mm. but yeah they've They've definitely played a, played a key role. Like in terms of me getting to where I am now and like doing it professionally. Like I suppose I am the only person in my family that has done that. I'm the only person that does music professionally. But yeah, and goes out to wrestling gigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. Keep doing what you're doing. We love what you do. Um, we're going to check out the gig at Heaven in November. And yeah, let's let's finish with a bit of music. Uh, where are we going to go finally? We could go. I'd I'd like to play a bit of um, another another person from London. Play um, 
seed ensemble yeah. uh, yes. the darkies by this, this is written by cassie kenoshi who's also yeah. um a musician that plays in kokoroko someone that i really admire in terms of um like her composition and yeah she's a real inspiration mercury so. prize nominated yeah exactly i know i'm very yeah very very proud of her <laughs> thanks oscar see you next yeah, time thank you for having me